Hello, hello! Welcome back to the grind. I'm your today's host, Chris Jung. It is so good to be behind the mic again after、um, quite a, a long time of a hiatus. But we are back.、And、in fact, this episode、uh, we have something a little bit special. We have、uh, Ryan Lewis on the show today.、Uh, if you read the title of this podcast, you probably already guessed that. But、um, we also are making this episode. A book special, so we're going to talk about books.、Uh, so make sure to stay with us a little bit、um, toward the end. There, we Ryan and I will do a little show and tell. And、um, please, Ryan, how are you doing today?、Uh, good, doing well. All right, awesome.、Um, so、uh, obviously, juniors, seniors, if you're listening, you know who Ryan is, right?、Um, we've been working with、uh, Ryan for a while now. But for sophomores and any upcoming design students, do you want to introduce yourself? Just give us a little elevator speech to you know who you are,、um, all that good stuff. Okay,、uh, my name is Ryan Lewis. I am a an associate professor of、uh, graphic design here at Western.、Um, I think I'm. This is my tenth year. So after the year's over, I'll、wow. have been here ten years already. Which it's.、Uh, Kind of surprising. It's been that long already. A whole decade. Does it、yeah. feel like? Yeah, it just feel like it went by pretty fast, huh? Yeah, yeah, it does.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's the longest position I've ever had. Oh, so、okay. yeah. I mean, ten years is a long time. Yeah.、So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So,、uh, so obviously, you've been here at Western Michigan for ten years.、Uh, have you taught in other institutions before that? Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Far back already.、Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So、uh, before here at、oh, uh, at Western,、um, I I did grad school at、mm-hmm. uh, Ohio University,、mm-hmm. another Mac school. So、uh, you should be familiar with them.、Okay. Uh, Western plays them in football, I think, and <laughs> other sports.、Um, anyway,、yeah. Ohio University—it's、mm-hmm. the green school, not the、yep. red school.、Mm-hmm. Um, in Athens, Ohio, and while、awesome. I was there、uh, getting my MFA、mm-hmm. at Ohio, I taught、um, classes several times、um, mm-hmm. as a grad student instructor,、mm-hmm. and then I also did a、um, a little internship、uh, at Marietta College, which is nearby. It's、uh, right on the、uh, Ohio River. About an hour drive from Athens, but、mm-hmm. um, uh, there were two classes that I sort of team taught with one of the、uh, faculty there.、Um, that was also a good experience.、Um, yeah. Let's see. And before that, I worked in the field for about five years、um, for a dental software company、mm-hmm. uh, as an in-house designer,、uh, working in their marketing department, designing a variety of different things.、Um, Identities,、uh, websites,、um, packaging.、Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed design packaging,、um, other marketing materials,、uh, trade show displays,、mm-hmm. um, little VIP invites, and I, I even designed faxes, which、mm-hmm. wasn't so awesome. But that was that was <laughs> a while ago, so yeah, yeah.、Um, I didn't think I'd ever have to design a fax, but. Times have、um, changed. Yeah, times yeah. have changed. But for, yeah, for、sure. it, it was a good experience because、yeah. I got a lot of、uh, variety and things that I got to experience: print design and、mm-hmm. web design, and and oh yeah, animation. I forgot that I did a, a fair amount of animation while I was there too. Yeah, animation.、Um, we're we're gonna talk about animation a little bit later too.、Um, but I was just wondering,、uh, you 
if you would like to take us a little bit further back as well as to you know how you kind of got yourself into um, this world of um, art and graphic design. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I've been a creative person that's in, I've enjoyed making things for, you know, most of my life. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, kind of the standard things that I think a lot of graphic designers are interested in, like uh, drawing and painting mm -hmm. and um, those types of things. But I also remember doing, um, well, I, I loved playing with Legos. That was oh. probably my favorite toy. Yep. And of course I would build the set when I got the set, but then I would, sometimes I was excited about getting a set because I could see the pieces it had and mm -hmm. thinking about the possibility of what, of what else I could build with those. Right. Um, so I usually made them into other things after that. Um, <clears throat> so I had a lot of fun with that and yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah sorry. Oh, uh, that's that's incredible because like um, there's obviously people getting a Lego set because you can see the 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 grand picture on the packaging. Oh, this is going to be a bonsai tree or whatever. Um, but then there's another way of like looking at it. And it's like, well, I'm not just not going to look at instructional graphics in the in the packaging and see how, what possibilities there are. That's 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 pretty incredible, actually. So for you, it was my understanding that for you is kind of like uh, always been like a um passion or a, a, like a tu intuition kind of thing for art and design would that would that be correct yeah yeah i mean and and i'm I, i'm kind of involved in a lot of things or at least yeah there are a lot of things i enjoy doing mm -hmm. a pretty wide variety but um yeah another another thing i was just thinking of that i one of my actually one of my other favorite uh play things growing up was cardboard boxes oh um you know, when when my family would get a new, you know, washing machine or whatever, I was more excited about the box that came with it because it was a big box. Yeah, and I remember right. making a lot of, of neat things with my brother. Mm -hmm. um, we were always making something like a, we made a spook alley out of all these big boxes connected together in our basement. And then we put, you know, us, you know, different features inside so uh -huh. people could or we'd get our friends to go through and we'd try and scare them as they were going through or. Wow. Uh, we made cardboard armor one time or um, hey, that's a classic. Oh, another time for Halloween, we made um, made a giant kind of pipe organ, fake pipe oh. organ with like, you know, those carpet tubes yeah. that carpet comes on. We mm -hmm. had a bunch of those because I think we'd recently got carpet or something. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I gathered a bunch of cardboard tubes and we uh, we painted them gold and like made it look wow. like this old organ. And then we um, we had our keyboard. Uh, that played an organ sound mm -hmm. and um and i was i was the one playing the keyboard playing oh, spooky tunes yeah. and then my my brother was like my hunchback assistant and <laughs> <laughs> that so we, like we had a lot of fun with that yeah yeah but no, absolutely that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun um and and one thing i i was um also curious too um is um what made you kind of um, decide to become like a um, design educator like teaching graphic design? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it took me a while to decide to mm -hmm. go into graphic design. I um, like in college, I I had a bunch of different things I was interested in mm -hmm. and I kind of took classes and a bunch of different things I was interested in trying to decide I was undeclared for the first year. Okay. Um, and then I found landscape architecture and I was a landscape mm -hmm. architecture major for about a year. 
Um, but I still was taking classes, kind of sampling a lot of things. I took a graphic yeah. design class and mm -hmm. uh, really enjoyed it and felt like I fit in there really well. And uh, so from that time, I've done graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I as I was there for my undergrad, I was at Utah State University. Mm -hmm. um, I really... I guess I would say I really enjoyed the uh, campus environment, liked being around all of the creative things going on, yeah. all the, mm -hmm. you know, the music and the theater and the art mm -hmm. and the design and yeah. and just all the other uh, fun things going around. So I, I always had kind of positive memories of college mm -hmm. and enjoyed it. Um, and then after, after I'd been working for five years, I felt like it was time for a change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess I was I was a little bit worn out of uh, designing things to make other people money. Mm -hmm. um, and well, and I was working for a dental company, so right. you know you can yeah. only put so many uh, pictures of like mouths yeah. on things before you I get imagine. pretty tired of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was time time for a change, and I'd always kind of had in the back of my mind, oh maybe I maybe I should go back and. Uh, get an MFA and teach graphic design. Mm -hmm. And so that seemed like the right time to do that and um, mm -hmm. ended up at a higher university. And um, and I specifically sought out opportunities while I was there uh, to teach uh, both both as a grad student. And I already talked about this, but uh, mm -hmm. also going to Marietta College. Uh, there was a an internship as a requirement of the program. So that's mm -hmm. where I did my internship. I sought up that sought out that opportunity to teach. Mm -hmm. and learn from another design educator in addition to the ones that I'd been working with um, during my studies there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, I, I liked the creative atmosphere. I also, I think I it also sort of appealed to me uh, as a way of pushing myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think we're probably going to talk a little bit about this later, but um, I would consider myself an introvert. And mm -hmm. so talking with people wasn't something I sought out. Right. Um, yeah. But the opportunity to teach, I think, kind of forced me into developing that side of myself a little more. I see. Yeah. So I think I, I, it appealed to me for that reason. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, I think uh, just generally like watching people grow, watching students learn. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really reward rewarding as well. Mm -hmm. I told I completely um, understand that kind of sentiment of like watching. I'm um, just, you know, as a as as a peer to my, um, you know, fellow seniors, you know, we, at this point in our, uh, in our graphic design program, we've seen, we've been with these people for, you know, two years, two, three years. And we do see that aspect of like seeing um, these people grow from like, oh, when we first took the first class, uh, you know, visual aesthetics and, you know, coming here now, we're at this point, uh, we have grown a lot in terms of our thinking, our concepts, uh, and our skills too, obviously. Um, so I agree with you on that. And also I felt pretty strongly about when you mentioned um, that as design educators, you kind of push you to be on top of your game. Um, it is something that is mentioned by Paul as well. If we think about back in episode one, is that uh, if you are in the position of like educating someone that you have to like learn the, the the latest tricks, you know, uh, the because the softwares are also um, evolving, um, techniques are evolving, and then there's always new um, technology on the come up that help um, us develop um, graphic design. So yeah, I, I completely get that as well. So 
So now that you mentioned actually uh, just a while ago that you consider yourself an introvert, um, there is actually when I was doing homework on you, Ryan, uh, I came across this uh, your your website on your profile on Vimeo. So Vimeo obviously it's a it's a video sharing uh, platform, and I came across your work. Uh, you actually, you had some uh, pretty amazing animation work that I wanted to highlight as well. And uh, one of them actually, They the People was uh, in the faculty exhibition um, not too long ago, if I remember correctly. So um, can you talk to me about these two series? Maybe start with um, They the People, because that's the most, I would say that's the most Most recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just um, They the People. And then the other ones is you made this series of um, stop motion animations, uh, Everted Sanctuaries, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, just talk to me about how, uh, what's described to the audience that can't see the images right now, listen to this audio, and also how you got inspired for those projects. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and, you know, don't hesitate to ask me questions if I don't explain something well enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the most recent piece, uh, They the People, um, I mean, the idea for that sort of came from just my, it was sort of a reaction to just how, you know, how kind of disorienting and um and challenging you know the politics in our country have been mm -hmm. recently yeah. um and i remember like during the pandemic well yeah january 6th i think was a big part of it oh, i felt yeah. like i needed to kind of react to that for um, sure mm -hmm. um because i was i was pretty troubled by that and i think mm -hmm. a lot of people were yep. um but i remember walking around my neighborhood and seeing people flying American flags and kind of having this like suspicion about mm -hmm. them because they were flying a flag. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I kind of associated that with some of the things that were going on on January 6th. Yeah. And, um, and of course they're, I mean, probably most of them, you know, weren't extremists mm -hmm. or whatever, but just that, that, uh, realiz realization for me that something that had been like this, um, you know, symbol of our country for so long had suddenly taken this like kind of negative connotation mm -hmm. for me yeah. um without me really playing it or thinking about it mm -hmm. um uh so I, I, the piece is sort of a a way of kind of grappling with that idea mm -hmm. uh, to some extent um uh, because it uh, it uses these uh different colors of embroidery threads that i stop motion animated mm -hmm. and they kind of loosely resemble a flag yeah and you can see, and I intentionally incorporated as many colors as I could into it to kind of show, mm -hmm. you know, the, I guess the experiment of uh, our country is sort of a, a mixture of different people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, and it's mm -hmm. something that's always changing and flowing and ebbing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so you have that, the active colors of the moving threads. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I was also kind of thinking about how uh, social media and how the way we've communicated with each other has changed and also kind of affected, uh, you know, the, the way we interact with each other and the types of discourse we have. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I, uh, incorporated some digital elements that yeah. kind of represented that, that mm -hmm. almost act as like a contrast or a counterpoint against those more organic looking threads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did get that. Um, 
that piece right there because obviously you're you didn't uh use specifically like one or two social media but like very like uh impressions of them um mm -hmm. so i can see like from the text the, the bubbles and also like pieces of you well, you can see it, it's the corner of the twitter um icon mm -hmm. the blue icon blue bird yeah um yeah i, I there's you know obviously uh uh, people that are listening to this podcast right now can see the video, but uh, shortly uh, after this podcast went live, we'll be posting on our social media, our in Instagram as well. So that's AIGA.WMU, AIGA.WMU. Follow our account. We'll be posting those videos in that post as well. So you guys can check it out. Um, but yeah, I. Um, there's also audio um, effects um, mm -hmm. going along with the with the video to kind of um, having this glitched um, disoriented kind of uh, um, atmosphere is uh, I enjoyed that a lot and I remember um, back then when we had the faculty exhibition you had that um, like as a vertical projection on the wall mm -hmm. too yeah um, so I, I think that was that was pretty cool to I was there try to decipher what it would mean but um what, what you just told me that i think that just kind of uh answered my questions so yeah i appreciate that and uh i remember toward the end some of the elements also evolved into like worms too. yeah yeah so what's the thought behind that oh uh, yeah that's that's, yeah. that's a good question actually there were there were worms but mm -hmm. there were also and, and they were wax wax worms is what i used for that oh, okay um which are just like a, a worm you can get at the pet store to like mm -hmm. feed to your lizards. Yeah. But I was, I needed some place to find like living mm -hmm. worms. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but th it was kind of interesting to work with like on a process level because yeah. I was doing stop animation, but I was doing it with these living things. Yeah, and so they right. kind of moved themselves. Yeah. But so. I also sort of moved them to mm -hmm. do what I wanted them to do. But yeah. So that that was kind of interesting, uh, yeah. having them kind of kind of collaborating with yeah, worms, right. you know. There but, there are actors in your in your uh, video as well. Yeah, they, they introduce like an element of randomness that otherwise you wouldn't get um, uh, organically. Or so yeah. yeah, and 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 I sort of think of them as uh, uh, for me at least they sort of represent uh, corruption, mm. kind of. Yeah, like I think that's a pretty strong motif for corruption. Yeah. You think of corruption sometimes people think about like you know the very iconic like um rotten apple with a worm crawling out of it yeah mm. that's yeah i definitely get that so and uh yeah let's talk about the other one that um this is this next series is actually a pretty long um going series uh mm -hmm. i think you might have started in uh 20 was it 2012 when you posted the first video of i think it was series. 20 it was probably 2014 2014 okay yeah, yeah. so it's been um a few years i have to develop uh several videos after that uh it's called everted sanctuaries um can you talk to us about that one sure yeah um so that one started uh there are seven pieces in the series currently mm -hmm. and i'm thinking seven might be a good number to end on I but yeah. um i um I did the first one while I was in grad school mm -hmm. as part of my uh, graduate ex exhibition. Oh, okay. Um, and and then it's kind of evolved from there to include all of those other other pieces. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the the idea for that again, like I was saying, I was I'm an introvert, or I would consider myself an introvert, mm -hmm. and um, 
And so I was, as I was researching different topics that uh, maybe would make good, uh, a good thesis project for my graduate work, uh, mm -hmm. I researched introversion and really got into um, understanding more about it and learning about it. I read a book by uh, Susan Cain. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have probably read, but it came out during that time. It was about introversion and had a lot of the research uh, in it that uh, that she had found um, mm -hmm. about introversion. And so I, I kind of saw it as a way of uh, sort of opening up discussion or bringing awareness to, you know, what is it like to be an introvert? And so I came up with this idea of transforming objects and using stop motion and then through that transformation, you can kind of see the stress and the strain on the object as it's like turning itself inside out right. as sort of a metaphor for what it can feel like sometimes if you're an introvert, because um, you can't, I mean, it's not that you're shy necessarily, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's more that your uh, social interaction takes more energy yeah. and more mm -hmm. effort to mm -hmm. do well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you're, you're sort of like, kind of forgetting your normal way of doing things and kind of overriding that for a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And it, it sort of takes, can take a toll on you I and mean, yeah. wear you out. Mm -hmm. It can be exhilarating at the same time, but it can also, you know, at the end of it, you're like, wow, that was, that was a lot mm -hmm. and I need some downtime. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought, I thought that uh, transformation was sort of a good metaphor for mm -hmm. how it could feel. Yeah. Um, I think that was it. Um, that was pretty successful. And if uh, people want to check these out, um, they are also going to be posted in the same Instagram post. But I encourage all of you to check those out because they're just they're so great. Uh, strange in its own way. But I think that the fact that when you're watching those videos, you can sense the discomfort of um, some of the imageries are especially I think with one of the, the fruits ones was like uh really is evoking that discomforting feel for how you know um and i think you mentioned it in your artist statement too um for the uh the video that today's society is a very like um uh extroverted like dominant kind of society where you know especially in our in our uh, industry as well um when we have to make the connections you know go to those conferences for graphic design or or attending those events uh, it would require some level of like, um, you know, opening yourself up. Um, and for introverted people, that that's kind of a like a uh, forced, if you will, um, way of like opening themselves up. And then, like you said, you know, um, expending that energy. So I, I definitely, I, I, uh, I understand that sentiment as well because I would consider myself um, like a extrovert introvert I don't, I don't know but uh i think over the years i have um learned to be more extroverted when i'm um you know spending time or, or um talking with certain people but it's definitely it's definitely a very uh, select group of individuals and uh it you almost have like a social meter thing like a, your battery, almost like a battery level. Mm -hmm. And then it gets low, it gets drained. Like, uh oh, you know, I got, I just gotta, you know, um, you know, recharge and stuff like that. So I, I love all the animation. And uh, so for all of them, you have like two objects mm -hmm. and um, as kind of like a, or some kind of like comparison or 
What's yeah. the idea behind that? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a diptych. I think of them as video diptychs, mm -hmm. sort of. And uh, sometimes I've presented them actually on two vertical screens. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I combine them into one video file. So they're two vertical animations mm -hmm. on one horizontal oh, okay. um, animation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've presented them both ways. But yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, I think part of it is the visual interest, mm -hmm. um, but also the, yeah, the visual interest of seeing two objects transforming. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, yeah, the comparison, the I think comparison. it yeah. facilita facilitates comparison mm -hmm. and you can, I, I think maybe different people get different things from each object, but yeah, maybe sure. as a combination, mm -hmm. it kind of makes the concept a little stronger. Yeah, I was about to say that too, because without the comparison, I think, um, your people start to pick out that pattern of like, okay, these objects are being like flipped inside out or inverted. Um, so I think that, like you said, it makes the idea much stronger than just having a single object and people have to decipher um, what that could mean. But yeah, and yeah, and, and yeah I, I guess since they're all sort of metaphors, mm -hmm. maybe it's helpful for them not for for the audience not to fixate on just one specific right. object and yeah. think, oh, it's about. Right, jelly donuts. Right, or this but it's teddy bear. What is it? Mean? Yeah, yeah, but it's not yeah. really about that. It's more about yeah. the process. So I, I guess sure. the comparison helps mm -hmm. bring out the transformation process more than the specific objects themselves. Yeah, that could be part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, when I pair objects, of course, I think a lot about the aesthetics and mm -hmm. what how they're going to look together. Mm -hmm. um, some of the objects have similarities, but then also differences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was also a thought. Yeah, compare and contrast. Um, would you say that animation, because uh, prior to looking into your work, um, outside of just knowing you as my instructor, um, I have no idea that you have spent a lot of time and energy into um, animation um, for your own like creative uh, research. Would you say that's kind of like your your own little like niche area? You know, because everyone has you know the main hustle of graphic design, but then they always have like like you know we are going through um school right now so like the the coursework is our main focus right now but then mm -hmm. we always have some kind of like site hustle thing would you say that's like your site hustle quote unquote uh yeah that's one of them yeah mm -hmm. um yeah for sure mm -hmm. and and yeah like i said i, I did animation mm -hmm. uh, when i was working before i went back to grad school yeah and uh but that that was that was mostly Flash. That was back when Flash was still mm. like a, a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. Um, now it's called Adobe Anime, and it's uh, it's tedious. It's tedious work. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I heard yeah. you guys were doing mm -hmm. a project with it. But yeah, yeah that's the anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say another one that I have is type design. Mm -hmm. I have a a family of type that I've been designing oh. for the past few years. So it's still in the work. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of a a lot to think about mm -hmm. because I mean, I have the four, I have four weights so far. Okay. I have sort of a medium and a medium italic and a, a lighter weight and a lighter italic. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a, it's more of a, it's a serif, more of a modern okay. style serif. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good project because I can mm -hmm. kind of like fit in an hour, half an hour here mm -hmm. or there. It, so during the semester when I'm teaching and have that's mostly my focus. Yeah. Pre preparing for class and grading mm -hmm. and going to class and all that stuff. I think um, it's good to have like a long term project that you're doing to the side um, because 
again, it doesn't feel like you have to finish this at a certain deadline. So you're just every day, like you said, you contribute like one or two hours or um, just a little bit chunk of time into it. And you feel like you're building this. Um, I could use the, you know, the Lego analogy, you know, you're building this tower and just eventually it'll be done, but you're no, you're not in a rush of finishing it or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Um, have you found, uh, since we're talking about like creative hustles, uh, have you found other hobbies in your life, other um, interests that kind of end up feeding back into your um, creative research, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but I am mm -hmm. also involved in music. I like to do oh. music. Um, okay. And yeah, I would say for sure that's influenced my uh, my visual creative work. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see some of it more directly in some of the audio for a couple of the animations we were just talking about. Okay. Um, you know, there's one that incorporates some piano. Mm. I play the piano. Oh, so you actually uh, composed the, the piece and played the piece. Well, yeah, mm. I, I, and I don't know if I would say composed because what I really did was just played a series of chords and okay. recorded them mm -hmm. and then I put them together in post-production. So they I almost, see. I guess they could sound like a loose composition of sorts, but but it kind of happened mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. after the fact rather I see. than so, in the moment. So you play keyboard, uh, what other instruments do you play? Oh, I like to sing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I play, but yeah, keyboard, piano, mm -hmm. I play the organ. Oh. Can right. play play the foot pedals with right. my feet you and, that. and all that. Yeah, um, wow. I used to play trombone when I was in high school and college gotcha. in, in the band and stuff. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think it definitely uh, influences. Like, I think there's principles in music mm -hmm. that also apply in graphic design. Yes, like mm -hmm. um, things like contrast. Mm -hmm. Like you have visual contrast in graphic design, but you also have like um, you know contrast of different timbers or different mm -hmm. like voice qualities mm -hmm. in music. Right. Um, and you, you know, you kind of have can have like an ebb and flow of a composition mm -hmm. that could be very similar to how you might design a book, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a sequence of, you mm -hmm. know, visual images and text. And so thinking about how the content of the book plays out across the entire book mm -hmm. is can be very similar to thinking about how, you know, a composer might compose a piece of music or, a, yeah. you know, a song that, mm -hmm. that they're uh, that they're doing. Yeah. You know, so and rhythm, you know, of course, rhythm, that's a visual thing as well mm -hmm. as a, a something you hear. So th yep. th I think there are a lot of parallels that I've noticed. And and sometimes it, it helps me uh, when I'm making comments on work in class, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to uh, kind of relate what I'm trying to say to some of the other experiences I've had, like music or mm -hmm. uh, theater or other mm -hmm. things like that. So, yeah, so I, I remember um, I think the interests are such a you know, your hobbies and interests and how you develop as a person um, can play so much and feeding back into the graphic design work that we're doing. Because another way I like to think about it is, um, you know, uh, we're, we're not graphic designers every day. So uh, outside of class, outside of in the studio, you know, uh, who are we as a person, I think can contribute a lot more to um the main coursework that we're doing or the industry with, that we're in so um to kind of just develop yourself and that brings me back to uh when you had a uh, list like a exhaustive list of your interests 
uh, like a, the interest survey for um, our senior thesis project because they don't seem at first it didn't seem like these are correlated but um, in fact as I was like drafting out the um, the interest my interest um, I'm starting to see areas where uh, you know, oh, I, I didn't, uh, I forgot I used to be uh, so much into uh, astronomy or, or stuff like that and how that can play well with, um, you know, other areas. Like you just didn't think about like, um, so it say poster design, you know? So um, that was really interesting to dig into like your, your actual hobbies and interests and how they can like come together and commingle uh, with graphic design. So that was- Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, one quality of a really good graphic designer is kind of a thirst for learning things mm -hmm. and experiencing the world and trying yeah. new things. Yeah. Um, and so I think kind of having interests and developing interests outside of graphic design definitely can inform your design work because, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a lot of what, you know, every project you get as a graphic designer, there's, there's a learning process. You have a new client, mm -hmm. you have a new type of industry or a new type of, product you're working with or you know you're you're called on to kind of understand where the um you know the customer or the audience for that prod product uh where they're coming from and understand them so i think i think a lot of that is trans transferable to design practice mm -hmm. you know if you're a, a good well-rounded person um a lot of that can really inform what you do as a designer too. Yeah, exactly. Cause we're not just some, you know, graphic design machines like locked in a little, little box, you know, we're, uh, um, I like to think about the, uh, Studio Safar trip, uh, you know, when Studio Safar had a lecture in, um, Ann Arbor, uh, about a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the, one of the phrase that they described us graphic designer is, you know, like some kind of like cultural agents. Mm. So learning about cultural experiences, learning about the world, just be curious about everything. I think that's gonna like, you know, like you said, come back and um, make us better graphic designers. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Ryan, I would like to talk, I'd like to uh, shift the gear just a little bit um, because uh, we know uh, the the juniors know that you are also teaching the book and letterpress class, which um, for those that are not familiar with that class, it is a special top one of the two special topics classes you can pick um, as a senior. So um, when you register for classes for senior year, you'll pick either the new media class or the um, book and letterpress class. So there'll be 10, 10 in each class. And um, yeah, tell me, could you tell me real quick about uh, what this book and letterpress class is about just for people who are uh, in the come up for graphic design or are sophomores and juniors that don't know too much about that class? Uh, yeah, sure. So I, I like to affectionately refer to it as old media. <laughs> old media. Okay. Yeah, as kind of the uh, counterpart to new media. Right, yeah. Um, but old in a good way, not in yeah. a, you know. Uh, boring stuffy sort of way mm -hmm. um, because we yeah we get to work with uh, books uh, we do a lot of uh, book book binding exercises um, 
And and then we also have a letterpress facility, which mm. some students aren't aware of because it's housed yeah. over in the print media area over in South Corman. Right. And yeah. you, unless you go peek in the window, you don't really mm. know it's there. But um, so we do kind of, I would say maybe equal parts uh, book sort of things and letterpress sort of things. And I, th I think it's a good uh, experience mm. in seeing the you know, where some of the traditions that we have and tools we have as graphic designers today, mm -hmm. where some of those things came from, mm -hmm. you know, cause it really, it really changes your perspective on the word letting, you know, that word you yeah. learned in type one, mm -hmm. when you actually have a, a strip of lead that you're putting between two lines of type, yep. like physical metal type mm -hmm. down in the letterpress room. Mm -hmm. And you know, how those, those concepts of space that, um, that we use in our designs and our software and so forth um you know those are physical objects down in the letterpress room so you have this really tactile experience yeah. handling space mm -hmm. yeah um uh so i think that can be really interesting like just being aware of sort of the legacy of where we've come from as graphic mm -hmm. designers yeah um and the same thing with with the books you know where so many things are you know so much content now is consumed in digital platforms mm -hmm. um yeah. kind of tying back to and thinking about you know how did those digital platforms develop from books and other yeah. uh, older types of content storage uh, vessels so yeah i think learning the fun foundation is so key as well um where where everything comes from uh i remember um for um intern intern one class um paul's having us do like a show and tell uh, so, uh, I've mentioned that I have a, um, um, Smith's, um, Corona typewriter. So I brought that in, uh, just to show everyone cause like the settings on the, uh, Smith's Corona typewriter is very akin to how Microsoft Word, um, play with their margins and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. everything has, uh, everything digital has its like analog, um, trace, if you will. Yeah. So, and, uh, I, I also have some friends in the, in the uh, book and letterpress class and i i you know sometimes i go back um the studio and see what they're working on it's actually some pretty cool stuff um very different from the kind of work that we're doing in uh, new media class so um, it's cool to see the tactile kind of product that you're that you're making for your assignments so not saying i'm a little bit jealous but um uh, i do i do like um how i love seeing how everyone's doing with those um projects and it seems very therapeutic in a way uh i can't say the same for uh adobe animate or uh, after effects but that's just me so what what is the class working on right now um, um uh, one project that we're just finishing up is um it's sort of a spin-off project from mm -hmm. uh type two okay um where everyone had designed page layouts mm -hmm. for a novel mm -hmm. um and then during the semester, um, the students have designed cover and dust jacket and end mm -hmm. sheets for it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we are printing those out and actually constructing the entire novel oh. uh, and binding it. So it's it's sort of the uh, the last in a series of book binding mm -hmm. exercises that we do, uh, building up to it. And uh, so so it turns into a multi signature hardcover book um and uh we we stitch it by hand mm -hmm. and um there are um 
So for the cover uh, of the hard, the, the hard cover is covered with uh, book fabric, mm -hmm. but we custom designed the book fabric specifically for the book. And we have it printed through an online um, fabric printer vendor, mm -hmm. which gets shipped back to us. And then we turn that fabric, cotton fabric into book cloth. And then we, um, by backing it with paper, and then we, we actually uh, cover the book in that custom mm -hmm. printed book cloth. Like this example here, this is just the demo I did during class mm -hmm. um, to show how to do everything. Yeah. Um, and then you have a really nice product at the end, and then they'll be able to put print out there. We haven't got here yet, but they'll mm -hmm. print out their dust jacket and put it on. It'll look like a totally like legit uh, novel, hardcover right. novel. So, yeah. I think there's something about like having that multi-stage project, and then at the end um, have this finished product that's refined that has all those components like compiled into this uh, one tactile uh, format. I think there's something really rewarding about that. Um, just hearing your description and also seeing um, the bits and pieces that uh, some of my friends have in that class. So um, would you, have you always taught the book and letterpress class in the past? Uh, yeah, I've taught it every year I've been here, though the mm -hmm. first year or two, um, it wasn't called book and letterpress uh, i think it was yeah it was books that's right books and packaging oh okay. uh, because we didn't have a letterpress facility set up yet okay um and i think that got set up after maybe a year or two after i i was here mm -hmm. so that's when the letterpress got worked into it, it felt like a really good natural fit mm -hmm. with it yeah. um for an old media sort of class right. yeah old um media. But so yeah before that we we did a couple of packaging projects instead of the letterpress oh, okay. So I was I'm, I'm also curious. Some of these questions come from uh, a few of your students from the from the book and letterpress class. So do you remember the first book that you've made yourself? Well, actually, that's a good question. I wonder mm -hmm. if I, I might have made some books when I was a kid, but yeah. I don't remember for sure. Oh, okay. uh, it's, it's possible. Um, I mean, I remember the first uh, hand bound sketchbook mm -hmm. I made. Um, and that, that might be my favorite type of book to make, oh, uh, multi-signature hand stitched, uh, sketchbook. Okay. Um, you know, like this one I have here in mm -hmm. front of me. Um, but yeah, I, I made my first one of those in a class I took while I was in grad school. I took a, a, a book binding and letterpress class there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I really enjoyed the tactile process mm -hmm. of it and, uh, you know, learning how something is put together like that um and kind of fell in love with it back then and i remember the the holiday season after i'd had that class i was like oh, i'm gonna make books for everybody as presents and yeah. and <laughs> it it took a lot of time and i was like remember i was like uh rushing to get it done so they would have enough time to drive because we were flying on a plane to go visit family and yeah. had to take them all with me in my uh suitcase but anyway wow. yeah. that that's kind of my first uh experience i remember doing that but i it's it's likely i probably made some things when i was a kid too right but i just don't remember anymore i do love uh if i got a gift uh like somebody said oh i made this by hand I'm, i would keep that forever like uh there's just something about like you know because you're spending your time and energy and this um and and just how cool is it to have your own sketch making your own sketchbook with your own like cover and um, just 
it just feels instantly it feels there's so much value and um you know feels so much personal so for our last bit of this this uh puzzle here is um we want to kind of bring our favorite uh, art and design books to the mix and uh ryan i've honestly been eyeing some of those books uh in your pile there i've been looking at the spines and and i think those are going to be really interesting so why don't we start with you uh, and see what you have brought us today um to share a little show and tell of uh your favorite uh or i guess mostly tell books. right yeah because they're like, not going to be able to see these right, but you so, can look them up yeah yeah look them up and we'll post those on instagram as well so so yeah this first one you've you've probably heard me talk about before like for students at least mm -hmm. um the elements of typographic style by by robert bringhurst mm -hmm. um it's it's a type classic i would say mm -hmm. um um so and i would say the information in it is is great um the writing is really great too mm -hmm. um it's probably not your entry level uh type book mm -hmm. um but you know maybe as as a senior someone that's graduated recently it's it's a great book to kind of go back in and get into the real like uh fine details about type mm -hmm. um because he has a really nice you know deep appreciation for type and mm -hmm. good taste in type and all that um yeah do you want to see it yeah so yeah this is called uh, the elements of typographic style fourth edition um yeah by robert um bringhurst did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bringhurst. So yeah. It's pretty, um, I mean, it's pretty minimalist cover too. So having like a little collage of a bunch of uh, letter E's. So I do like the, um, I do like the format too. Um, this is kind of a, a skinnier kind of a uh, yeah. form factor. As yeah. Well. yeah. And, and that's something you talked about in the book. There's a mm -hmm. whole section on different like, page ratios oh, yeah oh yeah, yeah there it is right, right there, there. Mm -hmm. um which which yeah. was pretty interesting to think about but yeah that's one of the things i like about the design of it is just that mm -hmm. that slight change in the uh page mm -hmm. ratio yeah, it's, it's almost close to like a golden ratio um very close to that kind of uh just looking at how long versus the, how wide the pages are mm -hmm. and has a pretty um nice margin too for the for the uh for the text because um he's put some like annotations to the side of the the body text so that's very cool Thank yeah you. yeah and that's that's one of the reasons i like it is he actually designed it too mm -hmm. so he designed it and it's all his writing so yeah they you know they work together like really well mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah yeah all right is that enough about that one yeah that's the yeah. first book I'd, I'd highly recommend reading mm -hmm. it um but like I said, it's not not your basic type book. Um, here's another one I have is I actually brought three. I was only supposed to bring two, but I had a hard time. The more picking, the merrier. So yeah, uh, this one's called Understanding Comics, mm. The Invisible Art mm -hmm. um, by Scott McCloud. Oh, yep. And I think it's been out for quite a while. Mm -hmm. But um, and I'm not really even a, a huge comic person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I appreciate them, but I'm not like, you know, collect them or read them mm -hmm. like religiously or anything. Mm -hmm. But um, Kind of a similar thing to the uh, Bringhurst book, you know. He he wrote the book about it, but it's also all written in comics, right? So yeah. it's a pretty cool book. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because he expresses all of the, uh, you know, the, the interesting things about comics as a comic strip. Mm -hmm. um, and I just found that a really engaging way of, uh, you know, talking about the topic. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm really into comics or anything, but I read this book a few years ago and it just had me turning pages. I just really loved it. So, yeah, I, I actually, I do remember this book being talked about, uh, cause, um, I have to take, I had to take the, um, writing about art, um, last semester. Hmm. And so, uh, I took it with Justin and he actually referred to, um, he gave us a few slides of the, um, of the comic strips in this book, understanding the invisible art, um, uh, understanding comics, the invisible art by Scott McCloud. Um, so, and you know, there's a lot of, it's very humorous too. If you're looking at the, mm -hmm. looking at the actual pages and just like really, uh, creative ways of like, um, jumping through those different panels too sometimes. And, but it talks about like communication too, because that's essentially, um, the study of communication is the study of graphic design, right? Um, sometimes. So, um, I do, I do appreciate, and then it's, uh, the comic is just very, you know, very straight up, um, black and white, um, ink art looks like. So it's, well, there, there is a section in color where oh, he talks about color. Yeah. Oh, that's just a little like, so kind of I think contrast. maybe one signature in there is yeah. color, but oh. that's very interesting. Oh, yep. I see it. So, yeah. Wow. I like that. Uh, that's a little surprise in there, <laughs> in there. So yeah, that's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, like there's a lot of crossover. Well, I mean, it is it is a form of visual communication, too. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of crossover with types of things we're talking about in class. Yeah. And um, again, sort of going back to that idea of, uh, you know, telling a story visually. I mean, it's a good uh, way mm -hmm. of thinking about how to do that, you know, yeah. whether you're doing it with comics or something mm -hmm. else that's yeah. visual. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we got one more. Yeah. Ryan. And then this third book here is called Design for People. Mm -hmm. It's by Scott Stoll. And a cast of hundreds as told to anyway, that's what it says on the front of the book. So this book is um, it's basically kind of case studies. Uh, mm -hmm. It says I'll just read it. It says mm -hmm. stories about how and why we all can work together to make things better. So it's kind of this uh, case studies from Scott Stuhl. He's a designer, runs the studio open in New York. Um, and we we got this from him uh, while we were there a few years ago visiting. Um, and it's in the design center library. So Ooh. anyone that's interested can check it out there. Awesome. Um, but both, both the content I think is, is cool. Mm -hmm. And then the design is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so if you look at it, it's got this clear dust jacket mm -hmm. with little pockets that the cover fits into. So you can see the printed cover mm -hmm. and then it's got an exposed, uh, sewing sewn spine. Mm -hmm. And so each of the signatures has a different color. Mm -hmm. of um of ink printed on its spine mm -hmm. and it so it makes this colorful pattern that you can see through the clear um dust jacket wow. so it's it's pretty cool yeah. um and it and it's also the content is good too mm -hmm. um and they they go through several projects they did with clients and i think they have uh writing from both the clients and the people that were working on it like mixed together, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I like showing this project sometimes to students because it shows how many. So they were working on this uh, design for Bravo, which I believe is a TV network, mm -hmm. um, TV channel. Um, and 
it, it involves, you know, a simple like speech bubble, but it's mm -hmm. kind of a, interesting to see how many different ways right. can you draw a speech bubble yeah. and see how many mm -hmm. different speech bubbles they drew mm -hmm. to try and find the speech bubble that would represent that television channel, mm -hmm. you know, appropriately. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so a, a good, uh, good example of process. But mm -hmm. anyway, another cool thing about it is, um, along with the book, they designed a poster, oh, wow. uh, to kind yeah. of go along with the release of it. Mm -hmm. And on one side, it's more of just, uh, it's pretty minimal. I think it, it, it looks like they based it on um, the page structure of the book mm. itself. Great and it system. has some text yep. on it. Mm -hmm. uh, designed for people. Hi, questions, answers, surprise, meaning, care, connections, wit, clarity, joy, value, stories, change. So that's all it really says on that side. And uh -huh. it's mostly white with some, some lines, some linear elements. Mm -hmm. And then you flip over on the other side and it's actually page thumbnails of nice. every single page in the book. That's crazy. So you can kind that of see the design mm -hmm. of the book at that mm -hmm. like bird's eye level. Mm -hmm. And you can see, you know, how I was, how I was talking about how they, uh, each signature has a different color on the spine and you can right. see that through the clear mm -hmm. uh, dust jacket. Um, you can see that in the page uh, layout, little thumbnails, because mm -hmm. each, each row of thumbnails is a signature inside the book. Right. And so each mm -hmm. row is bookended by, you know, this bright splash of color. Mm -hmm. And so you can understand how the whole book's put together and you can see all the pages in it. And mm -hmm. I, I thought it was pretty cute. Pretty cool. Yeah. No, actually, could I, could I yeah. take a look at the, uh, and take a look at yeah. Yeah. The, the book as well. So one thing I was, uh, when Ryan walked in this morning with, uh, his stacks of books, this, this one actually is one that I have my eye on for, for a while now, guys. Uh, and what's cool about this is that obviously you can see the exposed spine um, um, to the side there, but you can see the the, the plastic uh, dust jacket and has the uh, the name, the title of the book, like printed on there with the with ink. And um, sometimes they say uh, don't judge a book by its cover, um, by it by its spine instead, because that's what you see on the bookshelf. But this this would attract me to like pick it up and read about it like, instantaneously so wow yeah and i guess the exposed yeah. spine kind of goes along with the content of the book because yep. they're mm -hmm. they're like giving you a window into their process mm -hmm. and so it's like showing the structure of the book at the same time they're showing the structure and the process behind all the design projects yeah so it kind of that's that's some part content yeah. yeah thank you and i have brought one book here as well um i've uh uh i've started to look into design art and design books and uh, actually for a culture our culture context class uh uh last year we um we researched graphic design studios and one of the studios i got assigned is called actual source i'm not sure if you have heard of it uh, heard of them ryan but actual source is based in utah and yeah. um they're actually a uh, they run a bookstore but they also self-publish so one of oh, the self-published um series they, they have a series of uh self-published books but shoplifters is this editorial books um that focus on different like design subjects so this one here is called uh shoplifters uh, i think issue 10 uh new um typeface design i believe uh it has a pretty just pretty um straightforward cover if you will almost like the um looks like it's like a classic novel or something 
Um, but if you look close, the, I think there's some really nice texture about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it is actually, it is a, um, like a, like a catalog. It's like a, almost like a, um, typeface, uh, specimen book that have collected a bunch of, uh, new type designs, some really, uh, innovative type designs in there in, in alphabetical order. So it's a pretty hefty book too, uh, about, I think eight, 900 pages. So, but, uh, it also has like a, like a duotone, um, uh, color going on with, uh, you, you know, you have the, the black ink, but also the white paper, but, mm. uh, they also have this like copper or tan color as like a, like a secondary color. Um, so it's really nice. Um, well, they also have some signatures that's printed on coded paper, um, to show some black and white imagery of, uh, typeface design. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, cool. yeah, that's a nice book. Yeah. I've, it has a nice smell too. Oh yes. Book smell is another thing. Like that, that's my, that's my little, another metric of judging a book is, uh, their smell, but there's always, there's something about like the new book, um, smell. It's just, it's so great. Yeah. That ink on paper. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've yeah, always wanted cool to book. look into like, um, type specimen because, um, not only to see like how the type is constructed, but also, um, they include pages of how the type can be used creatively as well. So yeah, nice. It's a nice book. Mm-hmm. I understand the, the seniors in book and letterpress is also working on a type specimen book at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this would be cool to check out as well. Yeah. It'd so. be, be great. Uh, mm-hmm. Ask Chris if you can take a look at yep. it. Just come to me. So yeah, that that's wraps up our um, book recommendations. So any of those books that we mentioned in the podcast are going to be posted on Instagram. So you guys can go ahead and, uh, and find the book. We'll post the cover and also the name um, in, um, in the Instagram post. So be sure to follow us on Instagram. AI, that's A-I-G-A dot W-M-U to follow us through the, the, uh, with the books. So I think, uh, as we're heading out, Ryan, I just have one last question. Um, I'd like to see if you have any advice for, um, the sophomores and juniors or any upcoming design students, uh, what would be your three most important advice, um, for them? Like. Okay. It would be hard to boil it down to like one advice. So I'm giving you three options that you think are the most important to yeah. succeed. Hmm. succeed. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I think your, your experience here, it is what you make, make, make of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more you put into your projects, the work you're doing, the more you're going to get out of it, the more mm-hmm. you're going to learn. Um, cause in the end, I think it's more about, you know, having that experience as a designer, being able to talk about your work, mm-hmm. um, being able to find ways of pushing yourself to be more creative. That's what's really going to make you hireable as a graphic designer and have opportunities to do great work as mm-hmm. you graduate. Um, more so than, you know, a degree or a certain grade in a class. So I would say if you're, you know, be motivated by the work you're doing mm-hmm. and pushing yourself further and more than 
you know, more than those other traditional kind of um, ways of evaluation that uh, that sometimes students, I think, can think about a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. um, so that I guess that's one one thing. Uh, you, you wanted three. Um, let's see. I mean, and yeah, try and have fun. I mean, I know it's because uh, I've I've been to school twice, and it's uh, it can feel like you're riding a bucking bucking bronco, mm -hmm. especially pun intended. You know. <laughs> Uh, appropriate for Western, but uh, it can feel like that. Like you, you're just barely trying to hold on yeah. and keep your life from falling apart. Yeah. And you've got like mm -hmm. work and personal life. And Absolutely. All the yeah. projects you're juggling and mm -hmm. it's it's overwhelming. But um, but you can also I mean, it, it's to some extent for me, I find that that sort of experience exhilarating, too. And when you can look back and see, oh, wow, look at all these things I've done. You have accomplished all this great yeah. work I've done. Mm -hmm. Look at all these things I've learned. As I look back on my earlier projects to my more current projects, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say just enjoy it while you can. Um, yeah. It's a it's a great great environment to be be in school mm -hmm. and uh, be learning from each other. So, um, well, that's two. Yeah, um, I think those are pretty two pretty solid advice. Two solid advices is better than you know three or four or five three devices. mediocre yeah yeah so i <laughs> yeah. i appreciate it ryan um thank you for coming in today and talk about yourself your work um talk about the books that you've picked up and then talking to me so uh thank you so much thank you and yep. uh you're we'll, welcome uh, we will be with you guys in the next one have a good one guys checking out Right.